This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our bi-weekly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, Esk Walking with Hawkins. All right, that's right. I am joined by His Worship Mayor Aaron Hawkins. Morena to you. Kia ora, good morning. Um, first question, Leamington, Lamington, uh, Mayor... <laughs> Mayor, Mayor. The World Lamington Week or uh, World Lamington Day. Good grief. Year of the Lamington. Year of the Lamington. Well, I guess you've got to give something to Australia, right? It is, you know, they've got to have one big day to celebrate themselves. Uh, and why not with the Lamington something about Australia the rest of the world actually loves? Well, weirdly, I, I remember as a, growing up as a kid saying Lamington, and I had not, I had not thought about that for oh. a very long time until it became a an issue on breakfast radio uh, this week. But yeah, that's I mean, I've, I've been absorbed into Team Lamington. It is. It, it's totally Lamington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally Lamington, unless it's the Lemon Lamington, and then it's the Lemon Lemington. But we won't Get talk out. about this. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, Aaron, what's wrong with our hotels? Um, <laughs> five. You know, I mean, we don't have anything five star. Is that the problem? Uh, in terms of managed isolation, you mean? Yeah. I'm not. In, I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, aware of what specifically the obstacles were. I know that uh, we had a meeting uh, on Friday of last week with Minister Woods and Air Commodore Webb. Uh, they came down to Dunedin. Um, they always said that they were uh, looking at options to uh, to put up uh, returning New Zealanders into managed isolation. They were running out of capacity at their existing locations mm-hmm. and so we're exploring um, uh, Dunedin as an option. Uh, they said going in that they had no fixed view and that they would only do that if it could be done safely, both for them and for uh, the wider community. Um, We worked through a range of scenarios with them and ultimately uh, they decided that the the risks, if you like, or the uh, the challenges of the uh, the locations in Dunedin meant that they couldn't Mm -hmm. uh, do that confidently and decided not to. And I think it was an incredibly constructive and collaborative uh, discussion that we had with them, and if only all of our conversations with central government were as um, were as, as collaborative as that. I mean, they could have, um, you know, in the interest of capacity over everything else, uh, yeah. tried to shoehorn uh, the the options that they had in Dunedin into the uh, the framework that they had, but they that they didn't, and I think uh, they deserve uh, credit for that. Um, it was a yeah. It was a. I mean, I was, I was surprised uh, that they that they chose not to. But this isn't uh, a, a moment to be uh, parochial uh, about where or where we do or don't settle uh, returning New Zealanders in managed isolation. I think we need to be doing what's best from a public health perspective, and that seems to be the decision uh, that was made yesterday. Yeah, well, it's well, this is the thing. It, we've, of course, you've had people escaping isolation, um, uh, and that makes pe- the perception of the way the government is taking it as being lax. But I don't think that is the case at all. That's just people being naughty. Uh, but the government has to take responsibility for that, no matter what. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. but I mean, you're talking four people. Yeah, that's um, right. And it's been nearly two weeks since, since any of those happened, and and I appreciate that. People in Dunedin were nervous about it, but we've got roughly 30 active cases in the country, all in managed isolation, out of close to 30,000 people who have returned home. 
uh, and no cases at the moment of of active uh, community transmission. So the, the the risks. I mean, there is always a risk. Yeah. Um, but but nothing that couldn't be managed. Yeah. Um, but the you know the the problem is you know hotels aren't designed or built uh, with managed isolation in mind. No. And so each each location around the country is presented. Uh, different challenges, just I mean, in terms of the layout internally, uh, in terms of making sure that uh, people who are staying there have, you know, access to outdoor recreation of some That's, sort. Yeah. Um, and, and not all hotels again are built with uh, active courtyards in mind. So, look, they, they just they they couldn't make it work in Dunedin, and and have made the right decision to uh, not proceed in the face of that. I think. I assume that was the case, the fact that there's no outdoor thing. We don't have those hotels with big frontages where people drive in around the wee garden bit and there's space for ring fencing areas. We we don't really have that here. Um, maybe Lanark's Castle could have been a good choice, but other... Oh, well. Hey, um, now, Super Bros, see you later. She's gone. Um, uh, and her offer's got a makeover on the last day. How much did it cost the rate payer, Aaron? <laughs> Uh, nothing. <laughs> staff, staff decorated the office and, uh, over the weekend on their own time and, and with their own money. Uh, uh, a truly um, creative... <laughs> it was amazing. Effort. And it, there's nothing quite like a, a text message on a Sunday morning asking... Uh, I hope, well, not really asking. I hope you're okay with the smell of silage. Which, <laughs> oh, uh, really? Are we that far? Personally, I feel you know, it's quite nostalgic, but... Yeah, um, wow, you would. It was, it was, it was quite a, quite a sight to behold on Monday morning in a, a fitting farewell in her new post at Ag Research. Um, myself and Nicholas Rowland, uh, a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine, went. To, we had a school formal in a wool shed in Cromwell, and my God. It's not the uh, ideal space. <laughs> we were talking about the smell of silage. Yes. Yeah, te- te- teenage pheromones can only mask so much. <laughs> That's right. Only so much Lynx Africa you can put into a space. That's right. No, I did notice that the uh, at the bottom of the ODT article about the makeover, it did point out the fact that staff did it on their personal time and at personal cost, and I thought that was really important to put that in there uh, because Dunedin News would have gone rife. Um, what is is the, is the a big thing for the city? And I know it's got nothing really to do with the council, but it may, it may do. What is the council doing anything to help out Kmart with a new location? Uh, a lot of interest in, uh, in in Kmart and the and the wider populace. I mean, they, they are they've come to um, to talk to council staff they have? about various options. I mean, they're exploring options for where they will um, or where they might. Base themselves, and just like any uh, significant business um, project, um, council staff would, will uh, give them the, the same advice and support, and to, to navigate uh, those those processes should they need to um, uh, as they work through those. But at, at this stage, um, you know, I haven't been involved in, in those discussions, and uh, I'm certainly not aware of uh, what their wider plans. Uh, are in are in Dunedin, mm-hmm. or, or whether they're going to go down the online fulfilment centre route, which is easily my uh, highlight for uh, euphemism <laughs> of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where don't know where that's where that's at. But certainly, it seems that the 
the, the, um, you know, the, the earthquake um, uh, strengthening of uh, the Meridian Mall or lack thereof is presenting a challenge for the uh, owner of that property. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. Um, it's interesting. Well, I mean, um, it's probably it's good for Invercargill that this is happening and um, they need something good because you're getting busloads of people going down there and I will n- neither confirm or deny that me and my family may be going there in two weeks just to go to Kmart. Uh, <laughs> like, that may be happening. Um, really? It might be. Amazing. <laughs> well, we wanted to get out of town anyway and Chanel's never Thanks been to Invercargill. Thanks for the transport world. Uh, well, of course. Well, seeing that Motat is my favourite museum in the country, I must go to every transport-themed And that, place. that big playground, that big sandpit out the back, we can climb for diggers. Yeah. Oh, dig this. That's right, dig this. That's amazing. They used to have a fun park in Kaikra Valley, and it had a giant, like a humongous slide. It was like the biggest slide you've ever seen. Mini motorbikes and mini diggers. And so wow. when I was a little tot... Used to go down there and jump on the mini diggers. It was amazing. It was amazing. Like an ACC nightmare. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it was the eighties. <laughs> was it? Was ACC off, a thing? Off the tea afterwards at Carnarvon Station. Oh, totally. Get that traffic light. <laughs> the best of drinks. Um, right, zoologists have called for beach closures uh, during breeding season for yellow-eyed penguins. Is this something that the council will support? And I know that's probably something that you personally um, would like to see, perhaps. Uh, we don't have the the Department of Conservation uh, responsibility. We can't uh, yes. close beaches for that purpose. It would, need, it would be a directive from uh, from DOC, and, and our job would be, I guess, managing um, access to those uh, to those sites. I mean, there's no question that it's, um, it's difficult for the for the hoi hall, the, the yellow-eyed penguin, at the moment, and we have a uh, a very keen interest of the city in uh, supporting and enhancing, uh, particularly our, our native biodiversity, of which our, our charismatic megafauna uh, are certainly certainly fit. But uh, as as we learned through the last review of the um, beaches bylaw, there, there are very uh, strong competing interests between uh, conservation and, and recreation access. Uh, particularly f- uh, those fond of taking their uh, canine companions mm. uh, down to the beach, but look, these are these are certainly uh, conversations that we need to be having with Doc around how to uh, best support the the mainland population of of, of yellow-eyed penguins. And you know, were they to decide, were the, was the department uh, to decide that um, you know, restricted access during breeding season was going to be a uh, bear fruit uh, as, a, as an option then um, we would certainly play our part in, in assisting them to do that Can't say I've seen many people walk dogs on Sandfly Beach but I still imagine that people just weren't like the fact that they wouldn't be allowed to do it even if they don't do it Yeah, um, Sam, I mean Sandfly Bay is, um, has been a you know, places like Sandfly Bay and, and Tunnel Beach have kind of become um, avatars for a discussion about Volume of visitors to natural attractions, and at what point do you uh, kill the golden goose or the yellow-eyed penguin? In this case, by sheer volume of visitors to what is a very sensitive uh, breeding ground, and you know, managing managing that um, and restricting access to public spaces is a 
a difficult thing to do and a, and a hard and a hard conversation to have. But the 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 population of yellow eyed penguins is on a trajectory, certainly, and it's not a positive one. Mm, mm, the golden goose. Though. There's too many Veruca salts out there. I think. Uh, anyway, um, one more thing, and we've talked about this uh, a lot, and I just want to mention it a little bit quickly. Um, there's more talks to be had on the potential landfill for Smooth Hill, uh, with the Green Island consent expiring in 2023. You're going to have to extend that uh, consent or, or apply for a new one, right? There's no, there's uh, no there, choice. There are, there are, there's a range of options, and even if you did extend the consent, uh, the consent is only one consideration. There's also capacity, so... Uh, were we to have uh, a significant earthquake, for example, and you'd need um, you'd have a lot of construction and demolition waste, and all of a sudden your landfill would uh, would would fill up sooner than uh, sooner than you otherwise would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's so there's the, the question of capacity, the question of consent, and extending the consent or applying to extend the consent, and that's not a guarantee um, is an option, and then. What next? Um, you know, the Smooth Hill site has been designated for that purpose since the 1990s, um, so that would be the that would be the easiest option. Um, but it would be a, a question for um, it, it still require consent, and they're not straightforward. Uh, and then a, a question for uh, the 10-year plan in terms of uh, how much um, money people are prepared to spend on building a, a, a landfill uh, facility. Uh, at, at that location or at any location, yeah. and and if our goal is to minimise the amount of waste that's being sent to landfill in the first place, uh, you know what is that? What does the infrastructure look like uh, that encourages you know, greater diversion and recycling and reuse? Uh, the Ministry for the Environment uh, finally being a bit more ambitious about um, using waste levy to build a, a network of uh, onshore. Um, processing facilities for recycling, which would be helpful, um, but we don't quite know yet uh, what or where they might be, uh, and it's obviously a, um, that, that is a, a key um, key consideration in terms of uh, what we would need to to what services we would need to build and provide to uh, to augment that. Having said that, you know, we can't sit around waiting for the government to make mm-hmm. these decisions. We we have a, a pressing need both in terms of the, the consent and the capacity at Green Island and. Uh, and it's, um, uh, there's uh, some significant uh, discussions that will be had by council over the next uh, four to six weeks, um, heading towards the, the 10-year plan uh, discussions at the end of this year. But there's no um, there's no easy option, no. Uh, and uh, and certainly no uh, no cheap option uh, in terms of what next beyond Green Island. As an avid player of SimCity, Aaron, I get where you're coming from um, with that one. Um, anyway. Watch out for the giant spiders, mate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it's SimCity 2000, mate. It's, there's no giant <laughs> spiders. Uh, hey, uh, thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to us this morning. Thanks, Jimmy. Pleasure as always. Have yourself a wonderful day, and uh, hopefully you don't get snowed in, into the city when you come in at some stage. It's not going to happen. Um, have a good one, uh, and thank you. See you in talk in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.